0: Greetings, fellow Chronosphere Fiction passenger. I see you've been telling your friends about Chronosphere Fiction as there are more of you. I'm sure you can tell by the music. That we will be traveling to Gafgarn, the eternally unfurnished. Chapter 12, The Ride. Let's eavesdrop on Gafgarn and the gang hanging out on the front porch of Artag's wasted cadaver.
1: The street outside showcased a surprising dearth of human activity. It was an odd sight, considering the bustle Gafgarn's group experienced the day before. The only soul about drove a heavily loaded, covered wagon. The cloaked figure tugged at the hood hiding their face. Then snapped the reins, commanding her two gigantic, shaggy horses to increase their pace. As the wagon trundled past, the onlookers could see its cargo of chests, furniture, packs and sacks, and most notably, an anvil and bellows. Hmm, blacksmith, Gafgarn grunted. Quite astute, old boy, Wither announced. Looks like he packed this whole shop, Hardin said.
0: Maybe last night's hurrah got him shook
2: up,
1: Sully said.
0: More like that,
1: Aleda said. Pointing deeper into the city, a thin column of black smoke rose, wispy but unmistakable.
3: That's out past the guild post. I was out there yesterday.
4: I had a good cup
1: of tea, Amadi said. Oi! Doran yelled to the driver.
4: "'It's midday!
1: Shouldn't you be banging away on some metal, making coin and the like?' The driver tugged at the reins and the wagon stopped. The hood swiveled to look back, long dark hair spilling out of it in a wave. The fair face of a young woman in the wash, with annoyed concern, peered from within. She yelled back.
2: "'Cleared our entire stock early this morning. Take a look that way and you'll see why it's a good reason to leave. You should go too, before you get caught up in it.'
1: She snapped the reins, and the wagon began rolling once more.
4: Not a fan of the party, then, eh, Gaff? Mm,
1: Must not. No stock. Yes, old boy. Quite timely indeed. You think your Volpine compatriot had anything to do with that? Let's find out. By the time they reached the source of the smoke, other columns arose, thick and billowing. Along the street in question, several storefronts were ablaze. Madam's gangsters stood in the street, a family cowering before them. One brigand's boot resting on the chest of the father. Anyone approaching with a pail of water was forced away with the threat of death. The pails angrily snatched and tossed into the street.
0: I'm guessing they didn't pay up.
3: Or the madam is shaking people down for information. The fox rummaged through the henhouse. Now the farmer's come to the den looking for trouble. What? Doran, cheese, by the void! It's the madam's revenge, Doran. She's applying pressure, maybe in an attempt to get the people in line, rat out the fox's hiding hole. Maybe to show the people the fruits of disobedience. Whatever it is, her henchmen aren't getting what they want.
1: Amadi stood aside, distracted. Overturned in the street lay a tea cart, its contents carelessly strung about. A body, presumably its owner, rested near it. Amati recognized him as the old man that served her tea the day before. His death had not been swift, as evidenced by the damage to his tortured face and the way his limbs splayed in odd directions.
2: An absolute waste of life! Did you know him? No, but his tea was amazing. He had something to offer the world. Now that's gone, taken from people who have nothing to give in his place.
1: They have something to give, it seems with the most incendiary effect. A group of cloaked figures rushed the gangsters from an alley, making quick work of them with flashing blades. One of the crooked enforcers escaped with his life, hollering as he went,
4: we got fighters over here!
1: Some of the cloaked figures gave chase. While one helped the father up from the ground, it handed him a spare sword, which he took after a moment's hesitation. Have you enjoyed your stroll, Jensen ladies?
2: Falks asked with a grin. You knew we'd come! Well, of course. What in the void else would you be doing?
3: Chasing a jester, perhaps?
2: Oh, the hawk I've heard of that travels with our wolf. I was unaware she was so... striking. As keen as a razor's edge, but as strong as the metal that binds it. He gave her a smile that could melt steel.
3: You must also be unaware that she's completely uninterested.
2: Indeed. As a member of the guild, you could hardly come to the people's aid against royalty, even if it's a royal tyrant. Such a shame, if there's any lady I might wish to raise my flag with.
3: Still uninterested. I might be interested in
0: raising your, uh, flag?
1: Sully remarked awkwardly, holding her bow up.
2: Right. Well, can't blame a lad for trying, eh? Thank you, Sully. The good fight can use all the arms we can muster. Especially now, because we're going public, baby. He opened his arms
1: wide and gestured to the scene around them. More cloaks populated the street, most carrying a shiny new sword. Foxes bearing spears danced in the air, bobbing down the boulevard on waving banners. Gangsters on the road
2: ahead gathered, all spikes and grimaces. We're going to march down this street. Past the Nashul Square, past the estates of the rich, up to Castle Essel and take this city for ourselves. With the madam squeezing the people as tightly as she is, the people can't have it anymore. Not with their stores burning and coin purses empty, not with the guard captain hanging from Nashul's arms. Perhaps the god of transformation will smile on the people today with such a sacrifice in his hands, hmm? This is where we take our leave, though we won't fight for you. We have a villain in the city needing justice. You couldn't say a thing more obvious, all the villainy about. Fine, Guildlings. Find your mark and good luck to you. We'll just head in the opposite direction. Towards freedom and justice and glory. I shall accompany them, old boy. Where the Jester resides, so too does my sister. I come
1: too. I want my gauntlets. No? I think it better. You join the vulpine upstart here. Your size and wolfish attire will attract the right kind of attention. A wonderful distraction for Madam's cutthroats, who are more than likely keeping an eye out for you. With you and the fox together, word will spread like a plague. We made a deal! Yes! You help me rescue my sister, and I'll help you relieve yourself of your confining curse. Now, you help me by doing what you do best, and I'll procure your gauntlets after I've saved my sibling as both are bound to be with AJ. This is a battle, with her,
4: A city. Not some tavern brawl. It's gonna get messy. Ugly.
1: Yes. Just your type of merrymaking, I'm sure. Let me be clear, old boy. Anyone that stands between my sister and me will die. Painfully, if I can help it. With her proximity as it is, and what with all the hullabaloo, nothing stops me. So get out there and draw the city to your gargantuan visage so we can catch the Madam and A.J. unawares. We aren't after the Madam with her. Unless she gets in the way, you're on your own with her, Hardin said. A chore for me, I'm afraid. Refrain from putting my sister in further danger. And you can follow your city rules all you like. And Gavgon raises a sound point. Perhaps it's best we maintain a low profile for the benefit of a successful ambush and the Guild's beloved neutrality. We
3: can keep talking, or we can catch the bastard.
1: Aleda said as she marched off. Wither grinned madly as he
2: followed with all the electricity of a lightning bolt. Good luck. They're going to miss the making of history. Such a shame. Hmm. What you see before you is years in the making, friends. Now we rise from the depths and the shadows of the city, armed with courage and a whole slew of new metal. I mean, check it out. He pointed his spear down the street where cloaked revolutionaries
1: and newly armed townsfolk began clashing with leather-clad gangsters.
2: The people are waking up, baby.
0: You stole back their money to buy them weapons?
2: Chill out. I didn't use all of it. I put in an order with a blacksmith months ahead of time, one angry enough over the city's corruption to front us the work. He and his daughter armed the revolution, so yeah, I paid his fee in full. The rest will come back to the people. Speaking of, I think it's time we get in on this party, eh? Gafgarn hefted his mallet. You Westerners and your problems! Not to fret, big guy. I brought a gift for you. Should make for a dramatic entrance. Just ahead,
1: in the middle of the street, before the fighting, two cloaked figures positioned a plain but
2: sturdy-looking chair. I'd love to see your little trick in action.
4: Mmm, fine. Oi! You think I could sit this one out? I'm not feeling so revolutionary. Maybe someone should stay at the cadaver? Make sure it's safe? No!
0: Is that any way to treat the man that got us out of prison? Coward. Expected from a low life like yourself. All
4: right, all right. I was just asking. I'm with the boss. Keep your arm in your sling before you go slap happy on me, eh?
0: I see you or the girl do
2: anything untoward. I'll kill you myself. Tough words from the lady who betrayed her own little club. The Benai fond was not a club thief,
0: and I betrayed no one. Sounded like it to me. At least you broke some of your own rules. Sometimes that's what it takes, right? Like you would understand sacrifice.
2: What have you stood for in your crooked little life? Aside from yourself. There's a time for words and a time for action, ladies and Wisdom is recognizing when either is appropriate. He nodded in the direction of the fight, where Gafgarn was
1: already charging. He pounded up the lane, revolutionaries and townsfolk alike making way as he approached. He stepped up to the chair, his momentum carrying himself forward as the inert furniture launched him over the jostling crowd. The chair wobbled only slightly as he flew. His foot never touched the seat. His cloak flapped behind him as he hurled boots-first into two unprepared hooligans. As if his landing caused an earthquake, softened as it was by the cracked ribs below him. The line of Madame's gangsters rippled with surprise. Gafgarn lashed out with his hammer, smashing a swath through the crowd as citizens and revolutionaries attacked with renewed zeal behind him. His attack created an opening that split the gangsters into two groups who were quickly being pushed to the sides of the streets, back to the buildings. An arrow struck a gangster in the side, and the previously prone store owner sunk his blade into him. Sully knocked another arrow. falks rushed ahead, plunging his spear into a target ready to hack another citizen in the back. Amadi charged through, swiftly cutting down brigands trying to flee. Doran trailed Gafgarn who followed up a booted block of an upward sword thrust with a smash of his opponent into the stone street. Doran danced behind, his sword claiming a would-be
2: assassin. The citizenry did the rest. It was a short fight. Quite impressive, your little trick. I wouldn't believe a man of your size could fly so high if I hadn't seen it myself. Didn't you know, bud, magic's been dead for almost a thousand years? Tell that to the boots!
0: Magic was a real thing, right? Wasn't that what made the Warlock Imperium so powerful?
2: Depends on if you see the stories of the time as history or myth. Conjurers and wizards seem more the way of myth, I think, and most would agree. Magic's always been thought as color added to stories by traumatized and over-imaginative historians. The Warlocks were just really good at scaring people. Except now I'm, uh, not so sure. What I don't get is why the boots would repulse furniture, of all things. How wacky is that?
1: (laughs) You tell me! A hooded revolutionary approached, the flag of the fox waving above her head.
2: Madame's gang is fleeing, folks. If we keep pressing, we could push them out of this quarter. See? See what power the people have when we tell our oppressors no more! We can take our city back and let the streets run red with the crooks and crowns that steal from us our gold and blood. We'll take down this false king and claim the city for our own. This was one fight, folks. The city is big. Castles are not streets. And there are three of them. I wouldn't wager the fate of a people over one little boulevard. This party's popping all over the city in every district. Duke, Duchess, Madam's gang, the other gangs like the Quit Clubs, Morvain's Maulers, and Black Caps all tangle with the Fox this day. As for the Royals, we don't need their castles to win the city. Let them starve in their high courts while we claim what's rightfully ours. Those castles are nothing but tombs.
0: Well, we won this little fight. What do we do now?
2: We fight the good fight until the Lion deigns to bear his teeth. He won't stay idle in his castle like the Duke and Duchess. He's too disillusioned, too disconnected. He'll think bringing his royal carcass out into the throng, surrounded by his meanest and mightiest, will quell the people and send the fox running with his tail between his legs. No. He brings his big head out here. We cut it from his shoulders. Is the man really so naive? Surely his hubris isn't so daring that he'd come out here himself. It's no joke. He's so full of himself, you rock him just a little, and he's all over the place. He's going to spill into the city, flow right down to us. And that's when I'll have him.
4: Don't kings have a bodyguard or some A hundred tough blokes armed to the
0: tip of their arse?
2: Oh, most certainly, my Devonair Doran.
0: Um, aren't they covered in the best armor, holding impenetrable shields, some of the most skilled soldiers in the kingdoms?
2: Yes, my dear, every king has them.
0: And you're ready
2: to deal with that? More than ready. Mm. Sounds like you're trying to get us killed. It would, except I have a surprise in store for the metal bastards. Anyway, we head down this street and make a few turns until we come to the square of Neshul, where our lovely captain's guard still hangs. King Estel's castle is just up the hill from there. My people will rally those willing to fight all over the city, holding choke points and taking the fight to the gangs. Somewhere
1: ahead, a store owner was dragged in the street and killed. Gangsters with the killer lit the storefront alight and fled as the growing crowd raced to catch them. Back
2: to business, I think. Across town...
1: As Wither, Aleda, and Hardin dodged the escalating fighting in the streets, a posh estate adorned with hearts bustled with the daytime activity warranted by the upheaval in the city surrounding it. It hummed like a sick choir. AJ sat in a posh-looking chair, a round thing with plush cushions that threatened to envelop him like a sponge. He watched with a grin as ladies ran to lock themselves in their rooms and enforcers pretended to act with some semblance of order. Many nearly panicked as Ursula, tall and in stomped into the room, several underlings in tow. Watch
3: the yard. They'll be coming this way eventually. Keep the girls safe. You idiots standing around, get out there and knock some heads. Threaten families. Anything to remind Esselreng who they should fear. Wasn't that the point of the hanging?
4: Send a message. No one crosses the madam. That sort of thing. Don't you think this morning's extortion and burning a bit premature?
3: That wasn't us, clown. It's gotta be the Duke, using one of the other gangs to rile up the people. Pretty clever, dressing them like my boys. No doubt that hag Vangie's idea... I was expecting more time to dig out the facts, but no matter. We'd prefer a murder in the night to suffocate the people with fear. But he can die in a fight just the same.
4: Against him, you might hold your own. But against the mob? You really think you and your gimps can control this city when all it's trying to do is eat itself alive?
3: We're not the only gang in town, and King Essel still has his card to play.
4: Don't forget about Gaffy and his friends.
3: I'm gonna keep them where I can get to them.
1: You. She pointed to a dumbfounded brute who looked about in the hopes that she meant anyone but him.
3: Send a word to Grader's group to hold the front gate. No one leaves the city alive. Tell them to set a barricade if they have to. Then grab some fellas and pay a visit to that bastard r place. Look after any horses or carriages in his stables. Feel free to burn the place down if it comes to it. Have some fun on me. It's been a long time coming.
1: Begging me pardon, madam, but the guild?
3: To the void with the guild! Those two hunters were seen with the wolf's rabble. They already chose a side. Besides, there's a riot outside. With the guard paralyzed, the mob'll do what mobs do. Nothing's safe. Speaking of, get the word out. See any guards attempting to get altruistic. Let them know I'll double their usual bribes to do anything but fight
2: us. (laughs) You got it, missus.
4: Not that I have any stake in it. But are you sure that's the best way to run your business?
3: Sometimes my business is pleasure. Sometimes it's pain. Today, it's only pain, dear jester.
4: The whole of the guild will have your skin after this, royal protection or not. You're as good as a fur rug, girly.
3: No one will be safe from me. I'm going to squeeze this city.
4: Speaking of, weren't you and the Duchess robbed? What were you planning on bribing anyone with?
3: I could throw you and the girl out into the street if you'd like.
4: <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't want to do that. Where do you think Wolfbot's going to go with the chaos outside? Straight here. For Wither, for Alice and the Gauntlets.
3: They won't make it here. I'm going out there to kill him and folks myself.
4: When you could lay a perfectly good trap for them here. You think the big man is just going to let your earlier slight go? Don't forget, he and his whole crew have it out for me. Everything they want in one place. A great big distraction outside. This is their chance, girly. Turn it into yours.
3: I helped keep your little ward safe. I didn't bring you in as an advisor.
4: Right. What do I know? It's not like I have any experience in predicting and outsmarting his ilk.
3: You're really getting on my nerves, clown.
4: Fine. Take your walk. Make sure your boys know to tie you in pretty bows when Wolfbutt and Foxface cut you into tiny little ribbons.
3: You don't think they'll be out helping the Rebellion?
4: The fox will go straight for the throat. The king. What does Gaffy or any of his buddies care about that? What they want is little old me.
3: All right. I'll give them some time. You are always bait anyway.
4: If someone
3: else kills Gaffgon, I'll have your head instead.
4: Fair trade, madam. Now how about
1: we get to setting a trap? Across the city, in the shadow of the Statue of Neshul, Banji sat by a window overlooking a street leading to the square. She watched the panic of city folk, alarmed by the news of fighting in the city, that it was heading this way. She was amused when they suggested places to hide or where to take a stand and fight. The fox would deliver them from injustice, they said, simply amusing. A man in leather armor came into the room, huffing loudly as he tugged on the spiked collar about his neck. It
4: started, Vangie. They're out for blood. The madam's blood. The king's. We're got overrun. Most of the boys you sent are dead. Barely escaped with me life. The fox is coming this way? Oi, didn't you hear? And the wolf? Big man, yeah. He and his friends are with him. All coming this way. One in the robe nearly took me head off.
2: (sighs) Oh, go get changed.
3: You look ridiculous. But the suits did their job. Tell your boss, marvain to keep a low profile. Let this revolution fester, and the madam will take the brunt of it. I'll handle the rest. When the time is right, the duke will get in touch and tell your lot what
4: to do. You sure you can do this? They're really in a frenzy, and that big guy is no pushover.
3: Hmm. I'm going to bury Ursula under this revolution, and the wolf is as good as dad. The city will be the duke soon enough.
4: How can you be so
3: sure? because in the chaos the madam will fall and the duchess will have nothing left because I'm going to let the king die and then murder the fox.
0: And that concludes Gafgar the eternally unfurnished Chapter Twelve: The Rise. Be on the lookout here on Chronosphere Fiction for Gafgar, the Eternally Unfurnished, Volume Three, which will include chapters seven, eight, and nine. Please help me keep the crew happy by contributing. On patreon.com slash chronosphere. The voices of Gafgarn, Wither, Doran, Hardin, The Albino Jester, Soldier of Fox, and Vange's Messenger were by Mike Bethel. Sully was Caitlin Curtis. Imadi is Deborah Crystalball. Falk's messenger and Madame Ursula's soldier are Warren Clark. The blacksmith was played by Rosanna Jimeno. Illeta and Madame Ursula are played by Julia Eve, and Vanji, the assassin, is Cindy Stevens. Thank you for flying with me today, and until next time. Keep your cosmos clean.